Bunny. Monet, may I say that I've missed you? Of course, I always was a bad aim. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. You're adorning yourself with all of these young, new drag talents uh, on tour, so you can't be missing me. <laughs> are you suggesting that you're over the hill? I mean, fans say it, but I, uh, I mean, as someone who is like past the hill, <laughs> underneath the like, hill. You're like the Winifred Sanderson of drag. You're just you're just sucking the essence out of these younger queens for your own vibrancy. But you'll fail every time, bitch. <laughs> oh well, it's it's not it's difficult to dispute my failure when I'm sitting here with you on a podcast. <laughs> I will grant you that. No, I'm having still having fun. You know, I actually my old ass. You're never too old to learn. I had actually learned a few decent lessons on like. this tour. So there's a very, all the dancers are good looking, the, the male backup dancers yes. in the show, Drive and Drag, and say Asia, 2021. Including Asia and <laughs> Benji, the, the male dancers. <laughs> yes. Well, actually, every night when we take a bow and Asia says, um, and f- she tells what country the male dancers are from, she says, so from UK, from Czech Republic, and from Puerto Rico, Jose, and I always push her in front as if she's taking a bow. <laughs> and if she's because isn't her real name Jose? Yeah, Jose. Yeah, she Benji. is a scream. I love her. And, you know, uh, at any rate, so one of the dancers, they're all good looking, but was shy. He's a very tall, handsome black guy. And so I don't know why I read it like this, but I assumed that maybe because he's gorgeous and tall with an incredible body, I assumed that he was standoffish. I assumed, so, so I, I let my own self-esteem, you know, of, of thinking, oh, well, you know, he probably thinks I'm a troll or whatever, you know, color that. And then I just realized, he's shy, you bitch. You totally read that wrong. He's Now he's so nice and he comes over and, and you know, he's, he's, got, he's hip to my madness and now I'll always engage him in the elevator and it's so pleasant. So you don't always know everything is what I'm trying to say. Good, good. This, this is a very important lesson that I would like you to carry into this podcast. <laughs> of that you don't know everything, bitch. <laughs> you know, and uh, I actually, what, I think I learned something. Well, I also got together in, with my real sister and her family. Oh. The Wait, lady did the tour Jane. go down there? Yeah, we're in Philly now. So, oh. um, 
That's the Lady Jan, who made a delicious uh, vegan Indian spicy meal. Your and, sister? Uh, yeah, and I, and I don't, uh, I don't. Oh, she's a world class vegan cook, honey. Oh Not my world god! Class, no, my mama can cook too, honey. I can too. But uh, bunny, she, what do you cook? What is what is a what is a, a recipe that you like really turn it out? I'm very curious. Well, you know, any I call it slop, but it's slop. anything with with garlic. Onions, vegetables. Um, I cook primarily veg- vegetarian at home. Um, oh, but but I mean I'm not a vegetarian, and I will order meat when I'm out. But I don't like to keep meat because I go out in and out of town a lot. So it's I, yeah, I have eggs, it's it's cheese. But yeah, yeah, I don't I don't tend to keep that. But basically, you know, like presentation, I'm shit. Uh, <laughs> you know, am I making like Yorkshire pudding or anything with souffles that require like, oh, if you don't take it out at this temperature, it's going to fall? No, I can't do that. But I can make almost anything taste good. Like I can make stews out of any vegetables that are in my home. What about cum? How 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 would you how would you prepare, like prepare a nice um, cum meal? Straight from my anus, Monet. <laughs> Onto the plate, into the bowl. <laughs> yes, I call it chocolate cum and serve it as dessert. Uh huh. <laughs> what a now is it? D- does anything scream Pride Month like chocolate cum? <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, I, you I know. I want to tell you something so silly. I saw something, some porn person. You know, I'm uh-huh. notorious for retweeting garbage. So yeah. I, I tweeted a video of this guy. And the, the, the headline of the website was fake guy who accuses, porn star who accuses a, a porn star of having a fake cock shoots a fake cream pie and it was this this porn scene where it's like a cream pie being calm coming out of the ass like but like this was like fake because it was really coming out like a fucking super soaker uh, water gun and i was just like i have absolutely no no idea about the porn world i don't know anything about porn i just when it's sick i'll retweet it i was never one of those porn Please. Yeah, that's what I say either. I'm not really into porn. Like, I like, like, physical uh, contact. I'm not, like, just, like, watching a screen and beating my meat. I'm like, ah, oh, that's so, bleh. I need, like, a real-life human being. The funny thing life. with me is, like, always working around porn stars and being on the same bill with them and whatever. Um, now, there was a picture taken of me with Jeff Stryker in Berlin. About Ooh, 15... I remember Jeff Stryker from my youth. Oh, honey, that's one that I would drop to my knees for. But And I did in this photo. Um, <laughs> I did happy pride. No, I did in this um, in, in this photo because he was sexy and he always said that. Oh yeah, you like that big dick kind of thing. Does he have a and big so, dick? I can't. I'm, oh, I'm trying to remember. Oh, I'm looking it up right now. Again. Yeah, very, very. Oh yes, it, Jeff. Yes, Jeff Striker with his big ass. Oh my god, his dick is fucking huge. Jesus. If you Google Christ. Lady Bunny and Jeff Striker uh, hustle ball, it should come up. But it, I, I didn't do it anything up. with it, but I sure was near it and, and had my tongue hanging out. So. Well, I'm seeing it. I, I searched that, and there's late. There's a picture of Jeff Striker next to a pig in a barn. Is that that's the, the image? one? Got it. Got it. Got it. That's the oh one. Oh my god, Bunny! Why, why don't you put it in your mouth? This is great. <laughs> Honey, honey, let, let me just tell Girl. you something, honey. Does that dick look big or what? And guess whose big face it's near? My big mug will make anybody's dick look small up against I, it. I'm about <laughs> to say, his dick is literally the size of your face. Yeah. 
Yeah. Whoa. Um, and my face is large. So at any rate, so I worked with these porn stars and I understood how other, you know, gay people love them and worship them and jacked off to them and all that. But yeah, I'm a, I was like you. I, I always wanted the real thing and it put me in the mood for real thing. But I'll tell you one thing about getting older, when you're not going to be, uh, you know, that crazy about it, sometimes the porn has appealed to me more as I've aged mm-hmm. because it's like, let's get it over with. You know, you're not going to go meet anybody, you know, and maybe, maybe nobody wants to meet you either. So, you know, it's kind <laughs> doesn't matter whether you want to do it or not. They're not really available. But to quote Gia Gunn, what you gonna do is not necessarily what's gonna whatever the fuck the quote. Y'all, y'all fans know. Y'all know what it is. I don't remember what what you gonna do is not necessarily what you want want to do. Whatever the fuck. Anyway, um, are you Ebony- trying to say that Gina, Gia Gunn's quotes are not memorable? Oh my god, that's anti Asian hate. <laughs> oh my god. So Ebony and our new listeners, because we have. We've had such compelling guests. We have not done any headlines and serial calls in a few beats. So today's episode is specifically for those demographics, the people who love the headlines and who love serial calls. So without further ado, I think we should get into the headlines, shall we? Let's do it. I think we should first talk about your new single. And I think this is a whole album. It's called Love Like This. Go on. Brag. It's really good. I loved it. It's just it's just um one of the singles from the upcoming album. The song is called Love Like This. It is a very uh reggae heavy, heavily reggae and R and B inspired because for those of you who don't know, I grew up in St. Lucia, which is an island um, uh, uh, closer to South America than most. Like it's right, it's it's further down in the Caribbean by Trinidad. I thought you and grew up places. on an island called Rikers. <laughs> no, that's where I was uh, uh, um, adopted from. I, I was okay. born in Rikers, but I grew up in Tennessee. <laughs> so, um, so it's called Love Like This. And, you know, I was, I was telling someone this in an interview. I was like, I, I, I grew up on reggae. Like, I love a lot of these reggae artists. Well, I, I thought I did. And then when I was, like, in my early, not early, mid-teens, I realized how fucking homophobic reggae music is. They have songs that literally, like, burn the Batiman, kill him, man uh, man should not lie with man only man like literally that is in literally almost 80 percent of reggae lyrics i have listened wow. to wow they're very homophobic so i was like i want to make a, a gay ass fucking reggae song and i did it's it's, it's available so, everywhere so listen so to it do you think and the video is very flashy you said it was shot on an iphone but it looks very like big oh, budget. I, was, I was kidding bunny it was it was oh. not shot on an iphone <laughs> Oh, because I was gonna, I was gonna guess Android, but um, <laughs> and you know the really stupid thing about that joke—that's what I hear these other drag queens say. I don't even know what an Android or Android is. So, um, no, it's you and like what fit twelve dancers, like four male and eight six. dancers. Yeah, yeah, and and all the couples there, there is a there um a, a lesbian couple, there is a gay couple, a non-binary couple, um um male and female. We have we have all different uh uh sexual orientations well are there um, straight couples because like, you, you need to be inclusive yeah that's me and my love interest we're straight oh okay well honey that love interest is something else you know right. he is gorgeous his, the, the, mm. he's tall you know anytime i have a love interest i'm like you need to be at least six five minimum is the minimum height i require to because i am a big so, lady i need someone big so what you're trying to say is that you don't want to look like a moose in your own video when you're exactly. dwarfed by your own back. You know, they do that at the pageant videos where they have the like 10 dancers and they're all half the size of the drag queens because they're all big men jacked up in wigs and, and tall <laughs> with high heels and the dancers yeah. are half their size. I'm just like, mama, the dances can be incredible, but you look like the Hulk. 
Hello. So that's why anytime I have dancers, I'm like, there, there was a scene that we cut from it. it was me and the female dancers because when I saw it playback, I was like, absolutely not. I look like I'm gonna fucking eat these girls. Like I'm like literally three times their size. Like we're not using that scene. Are you coming out as lesbian? I wish I could, because I do honestly think lesbians are the super species. They're female and they're queer. They can literally do anything. And I love lesbians. I wish I was one, honestly. Well, I mean, I really identified with the video because it starts with you going into a restaurant looking for food and they don't have (laughs) the food that you want. So this spoke to me. I felt seen. And then you, you, then another scene, you're out on a beach with slutty clothing and a rock, which reminds me when you were a homeless crack hooker, <laughs> uh, you made a tiki hut look tacky and you know, I'm going to be honest, I, I almost didn't recognize you. You were in a large wig. <laughs> it was that, that red afro is honestly the, just like the size of my body and i love it. it made me look so i guess and when i i was like this is why bunny likes huge hair i, I felt so small <laughs> well i've already started working on a parody someone to felt someone to fist no you knew you no, you never knew a love like this <laughs> so, so let's hope it becomes a big hit I hope so. I hope so. You know, a lot of comments, they were like, oh, my God, you like making real music. And it's, and that's, it's not problematic. But, like, I feel like a lot of queens are are trying to make real music. And anytime we see that comment on our stuff, it, it almost seems like so. I Yes, but also no. Like, I don't want to, play, like, downgrade anyone else. But I am trying to make, like, music more like what, like, I listen to, like, all the time. You know what I mean? Which is a lot of R&B and reggae. And so when people say real, I'm a th- finally real music. It's a compliment, but also like a like a diss. I don't know. It's 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 it's, it's a weird compliment to get. But 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 see, I mean, as a closet musician, um, I look, I listen for chord progressions that mm-hmm. give me a little eargasm. And there's yeah. a couple, because a lot of the drag music is basic and it may be what people like, whether it's dance or bitch track or hip hop or whatever, but the groove is unchanging. So yeah. when you have a bed of chords, I mean, you're probably more, more musical background than me. Um, when you have a bed of chords, it's, it is more musical. It's not as basic as like, oh, here's the part where they rap, and then here's the the really frantic part that's the EDM, you know, jacked <laughs> yeah. up, you know, chorus. It's it's going through some things. And I always talk about your song "There for You," but immediately, I mean, before you start singing, I hear those chords, I hear the piano, and I say, somebody's got a knowledge of music yeah. that is, uh, you know. And of course, then I turn it off when you start singing, but. Um, <laughs> I, I, I specifically on the bridge part on the dun, um, it's it's like it's like it's like a really funky funky progression. It's like four, then goes to two, then goes to six, a six chord, which 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 we don't hear typically in quote unquote drag music. Then it, then it resolved to five. That is it is a it, it it makes you feel good, and I think that's what yeah. like musically we we wanted to choose chords that also like evoke a feeling in you, not just the words or like the cuntiness. Like it wanted like the chords to to move you to. Feel feel the vibe so for right. sure yeah. and, and so who wrote the music um this was by a producer his name is mr international he did the track and then um Aritz, my, my my writing partners aritza laws and canon map um we did the melodies and the lyrics together okay yeah. did he do there for you because i've heard you mentioned him before 
No, he did not do there for you. There for you no. was by a producer name. His name is um 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 Akira. Akira. Yeah, Akira. Well, a, a gentleman named Diamond did this like skeleton track of it basically, and then Akira came in and jazzed it up with, with some chords. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, but do you know who is not jazzy right now? One of your favorite political pun- pundits, um, um, Kamala Harris. Your fave, right? <laughs> you love her so much. She's your queen. <laughs> I'll tell you this: she is lovely to look at. No, you can't. Beautiful. You can't take that away from her. Yeah, yeah. And this story is a little old, but Bunny and I both feel that it's worth talking about because it's been a little crazy. And she is she's been on the precipice of well, it felt like the precipice because it felt like a lot coming in, but the but these two moments in particular are a little noteworthy to say the least to talk about. I mean, I'm I'm speaking of um 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 her going down to Guatemala and which everyone I mean, if you if you are not paying attention to politics because the election is over and you're like, we're out of the woods, then you need to get your shit together because shit is still popping off and you should know what's going on. So, um, Agree. Ka- Ka- so Kamala Harris went down to Guatemala at, at, I guess, what would you, like, what is this kind of visit called? Like, she's just going to, uh, I don't know what the visit, what the purpose of the trip was for. Do you know? Well, a lot of, so, um, hey, you won't hear me say this often, but in Joe Biden's defense, a lot of immigrants felt, or refugees, which we often confuse, there's a difference. Yes. A refugee is escaping a harsh uh, scenario where they live. And I think almost all countries accept refugees because, or, 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 or they have policies about refugees. So immigrants are people who want to move here mm-hmm. and they, from another country, and they do so either within the system or outside of the system, so legally or illegally or documented or undocumented. And of course, there's all kind of complicated stuff like a path to citizenship. But I think, I mean, basically, if... It's immigration is extremely complicated. Yeah, but, for sure. But, uh, Kamala went down there and said, uh, "Don't come. Do not come. Yeah. Don't do not come." And I came, which is trending no. every everywhere. I mean, NBC News, CNN, Slate, the BBC, New York Times. Literally, all of them say Kamala Harris says, "Do not come." Political failure. That is like that. The majority of them. That is the headline that is going around the world. Right. So, you know, AOC had a quote, which I did not save, but it was like, I think you're confusing refugees with uh, immigrants. And um, so (laughs) this is what bugs me about this. Um, I am not an expert on immigration. The left, which I am a part of, says be kind to immigrants and refugees. That's mm. not who we are. We're not Trump. We don't start our campaign as Trump did saying, you know, Mexicans are rapists and drug dealers and we don't try to appeal to the more racist thing. So Trump was blasted as being a racist, as being, you know, things which I think he is, uh, you know, mm-hmm. b- but then to, b- but he was especially, if you ask anyone on the left, Democrat, who, uh, what was the worst thing about Trump? Why you had to get rid of him the most? It's because of kids in cages. 
Right. So now uh, the Biden administration, after stopping the press from seeing them for a few weeks, has had kids in cages. And so also Kamala goes down there and echoes Trump's sentiments. And, and so it's saying, do not come. Uh, now, what bugs me about this is Democrats. You acted like you cared about immigrants and refugees. Now you're, especially from Mexico, South America, Central America, now you're saying, now you're turning a blind eye to it because your team is doing it. So my question is, did you ever really care about immigrants because you used that as a weapon against Trump, uh, but there's so many other better weapons to use, especially if you are going to come in and do something similar. Right, right. Well, let me let me um, let, let me read what. Kamala said, let me let me say the, the whole the, the whole quote. Kamala said, I want to be clear to folks in this region who are thinking about making that dangerous trek to the United States Mexico border. Do not come. Do not come. I've said I'm going to the border and all. And it, uh, yeah, so that so that was her quote. And it was her first. <laughs> this was her first uh, uh, foreign trip. And um, there's I think there is a lot of nuances. Obviously, you hear oh, there's that. a lot. Yeah, oh, totally. you hear that, and it's like I remember when I I was on Twitter and I first saw the clip, and I was like, I cannot fucking believe that Kamala Harris went to Mexico and said this to those people. Then I saw the because this is part of a longer thing she said, and she said basically like I um we want to work with you guys on how to get you to America safely if you need to. But she was like people people making this trip. Um, making that trek to the border, they are dying. It is dangerous. Like, like there are better ways. And if you come to the border, we'll have to turn you around, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then I've been watching a lot of political pundits talking about this. 90% of people are like, this was terrible. But there are some people speaking about it and saying, like, we get how gross it seems and how this was such a seems like such a mean message to, to give but at the same time they were like what was she supposed to do for for the more moderate and righty people that she's representing a and b um if she was to say come people are saying it would be like a max a max, a max, uh, 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 influx of people swarming the border trying to get into the state. So there were like so many angles and so much nuance in this statement that she made to the Guatemalan people. I agree. There's tons of stuff that I don't understand Same. Ab ab about immigration. But and obviously you're right. The optics of just seeing the soundbite of her saying do not come looks very damning and contains right. none of the nuance. Exactly. So here is the thing that um, AOC who has been, you know, the one who goes down to the border, takes photo shoots in front of the kids in cages in, in the Trump administration, you know, to call attention to it. She says on Twitter, first, seeking asylum at any U.S. border is a 100 percent legal method of arrival. Uh, second, the U.S. spent decades contributing to regime change and destabilization in Latin America. Mm -hmm. We can't help set someone else's house on fire and then blame them for fleeing. So, you know what? My, my whole political, uh, you know, viewpoint was... I, I, I came to politics late. I wasn't interested for many, many years, probably until I was 40. And mm -hmm. then I saw 
the World Trade Center get bombed. I saw the second one fall, and I saw how they used the 9-11 as a way to go to war with Iraq and Afghanistan, and we're still there. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, it's in my, my parents' blood as Quakers. It's in my blood. I mean, my first political event was like a, a peace rally in, uh, you know, Washington, D.C. when I was like eight years old and I smelled marijuana for the same time. Ooh, I was <laughs> hyperventilating. And, you know, my, my father, you know, as many issues that I have with him, I'm so glad that he did this. We were never allowed to go to the Armed Forces Day Parade when I was growing up because even though we got the day off school, or half a day, he said, I do not want to glamorize America's military might, which is misused so often. So when when AOC says we've destabilized, um, you know, Guatemala and Latin America, what she is talking about is how the U.S. foreign policy is to destabilize these regions. In other words, the last place that was of concern was nearby Honduras. Well, in 2009, Hillary Clinton, as the Secretary of State of of Barack Obama, (laughs) helped destabilize Honduras. So when we hear about, you know, people, Democrats will want to talk about um, why, I mean, how we have to be kind to the immigrants. But they won't, or the refugees, they will not talk about why we are helping destabilize those countries and that the, the drug lords that are running the streets and raping girls the re- and getting killing people. Yeah. That's because we've helped destabilize that. That's what AOC is talking about. Mm-hmm. So I would just ask for all the people who cared about uh, immigrants so much under Trump to care about them now, too. Or you run the risk of looking like a hypocrite, you know, yeah, yeah. If, if, yeah. if you only don't don't use actually care about them. You know, if you use the immigrants as a political football to score points against Trump and turn a blind eye when someone you voted for does, that yeah. is hypocritical. You know? That's fair. That's fair. And then um, on Ana Navarro, who self-identifies as a Central American, Central American ignorant um, immigrant. Oh my God! No, you could, yo, you were right. I'm not a fan. <laughs> ignorant. She is. She's not ignorant. She's smart, but she's. Whew. Central Central American immigrant said this. Let me say this again for the people in the back. VP Kamala Harris has already visited the border. Um, I'm sure she'll go again, but it's naive and simplistic to think looking at a wall or riding a boat on the Rio Grande will solve the immigration issue. So I think Anna is saying like, there is more like, like just telling people to, to uh, uh, allowing people to just, to try to come to America illegally or legally. She's like, there is more to it to, to your point saying that we need to fix the problem at the root and, uh, and not, and not just say everyone come, which I don't know. Again, I am not a political, uh, you know, I don't know the in and outs of politics and I try my best to stay as educated as possible. So I know there is so much more here to tackle. Like what you just said, I had no, I, I, I don't know all that history of the destabilization of so many Central American countries because of, because of American politics. So I don't, there's just so much. Well, I mean, my main point is that, yes, and I'm not an expert either, but my main point is that Trump wants to cut Uh, taxes on the wealthiest. Mm -hmm. Democrats should be the opposite. Trump wants to, uh, you know, provoke fights around the world uh, 
and be racist and suppress votes and do all kinds of other things that Democrats should be the opposite of. Mm -hmm. So if you are not the opposite of him on immigration, well, then go for the, all the things that you are opposite of him on. And Ana Navarro, I will mention to you, uh, is a perhaps trusted voice. She is a former Republican. Yeah, and, I remember. I remember. I remember. Uh, I remember when she was like a deep Republican, like before Trump. Ana Navarro was like Republican, honey. I remember seeing her on CNN stuff. Like, and this is this is back before I was like you know really deep into politics. Well, not, I'm not deep into it. Before I was paying attention more, and I remember seeing like some random things of her. I was like, oh my god, not Ana Navarro back in the day. But then yeah, I think she's turned her her head after the Trump presidency. I think that opened her eyes a lot. Okay. Well, one other thing I will say about um, Anna is that she's on The View often. And look look at the way her, her tweet started. She said, louder for the people in the back, which is obviously some a word that people of color use because she's trying to present herself as a person of color and representing their views. In fact, I'm looking at her Wikipedia. Navarro was born in 71 to a wealthy land-owning family in Nicaragua. Uh uh, her father stayed behind in Nicaragua to fight the Contras and Sandinista movement. And she then said President Ronald Reagan's support of the Contras made her a lifelong Republican. So, so she is, she was born into a family that does not want the left wing <laughs> happening in her country. Yet she is presented here as this woman of color on the view who may, or who may share a viewpoint with conservative Latinos only, you know? Yeah, I mean, I guess I have to look more into what she's saying about her family uh, and all that stuff, but I think that 2016 to this current time has taught has changed a lot of people um, politically and how they think about government and how things function. And I think that maybe Anna has had an awakening. She, to, in my opinion, she appears to be like her views and her policies, not her policies, her views has seemed to shift since from the things before the Trump presidency that I used to see about her for sure. But has her view on this, based on what you just said, I wasn't aware of it, has that, it's still kind of like the, it's defending the, the more right-wing position of Kamala and the Biden administration on this immigration thing. It, this is a little more moderate righty. I will agree with that, like her this, this take on this. But I think that this issue, like, like, like we were saying, there's so much nuance to it. And we're just all, we're, we're all trying to learn and keep up with all the things that we're saying the right thing. So I think that, again, her take is like, we can't like look at it just as one as, as like all these fucking CBS, CNN, RNC, RNC, uh, BBC headlines. We we have to look at the bigger picture and like how we can like kill the problem at the root so it doesn't keep on growing. Because you you let all these people come, but America is still meddling in Central American shit and in and in their territories and destabilizing shit. It's gonna keep on happening if we don't tackle the problem and stop it. You know. Well, there's no one in the current uh, U.S. government. I mean, it, it actually. Um, we are trying to do that in Venezuela, and a lot of the lefty left, who I follow, the super progressives, are like, 
why did AOC stay silent on our moves towards, you know, Venezuela, you know, under the Trump administration? And, uh, uh, you know, it's just like her silence is deafening at times. So, I mean, it's going to require a huge effort for us to say, U.S. government, stop doing what you're doing and what you've always been doing. Destabilizing these countries. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Maybe we can have um, someone as a guest in the future so we can talk more in depth about this because this is a lot to take on. But we have our stereo bunny starting in one minute. Yes, we have we to do. go. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Girl, what are your plans for Pride, Bunny? How are you going to be celebrating Pride this year? I am going to be celebrating. Well, you know what? I'm going to just say this and toot our own horn. I am proud of our podcast. They sent me a little pride, you know, promo that we did a while back and I'm going to post it, you know, like soon, but honey, from Dr. Darian to Linda Simpson, to Latrice Royale, to Margaret yeah. Cho, to uh, Jane Monet County. Exchange. I mean, we, uh, those, you're not a guest whore. <laughs> but I think we've done a good job with our podcast. I mean, and, you know, I, I guess I do check in with people a lot about coronavirus stuff. But this has been a hard time, you know, for a lot of people. And this seemed like a safe way to reach people when, you know, in-person events and performances weren't really possible. And, I mean, I don't want to be, I mean, knock, is this wood? <laughs> what knock, knock on wood paneling. I mean, what if this mess is lifting off? You know, what I if, know, what I if know. we've taken a couple of really dark time into a better time? I mean, we got to acknowledge it. Oh yeah, for sure. And I think that a lot of us have come to these realizations during uh, um, through this past year and a half, and we're just happy that Ebony, Ebony, and Irony has been here to boost you up and give you something to listen to, and uh, and, and really changed everyone's world well you know this the funny thing is like i would have scared to go back and listen to the, to your friend dr darian which we had like you know towards the middle of the corona crisis yeah. you know which yeah. we're still in but you know what i mean and uh um <laughs> i was i was like i've got a doctor i'm gonna i'm tired of weighing up all these news reports i'm gonna grill him and interrupt him and whatever so i'm sure he thought (laughs) you know i was a total nut job but i mean you you have every right to be scared um during a pandemic he thought you were uh, he thought you were a total nut job even before the call just so we're all clear on the same page well then why does he keep trying to hit me up for sex because <laughs> he's desperate. He, honey, um, he might be the kind of nut job. He he wants a different kind of a nut job, honey. <laughs> so he, he wants to have me. I mean, the shorter list of people is the people who don't want to have me because men, women, pets, trans, they all want me. They all want pets. me. Uh-huh. Can I tell you? Years ago, and I will never say who it is because that's crazy. But years ago, a queen sent me a video, like 
I had no idea this was coming. I just saw a video in my, in my Facebook messenger. In my Facebook messenger, I was like, "Oh, let me see." We open this video, and he sent me a video of a man fucking a snake. It was the most disturbing thing I have ever seen in my life, and I never want to see it again. Mm, well, I mean, that's different from having a snake inside you, though, because they can be quite <laughs> delight. I mean, kind of sneaky. You know, imagine imagine a garden snake crawling up your fucking uh, a asshole and just like being trapped in like your fucking uh, your fucking intestines. Isn't that like what if that happened? Well, to be fair, no one has ever associated my asshole with a garden or anything else fresh or containing vegetables. <laughs> I didn't mean to turn you on. <laughs> You're right. My my boner is so big right now. I can't even like keep my head up. Like all the blood is down there. So you just made me so fucking hard, Bunny. By that, it's really hot. I have that. Ef- I have that effect on lesbians. Oh wow! So you're gonna missexualize me? I am not a lesbian. I identify as something that you don't know. <laughs> okay, good. So something I don't want to know. But it, no. Anyway, so I'm 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 on tour, honey. I'm with the uh, Voss events, Drive and Drag with Vanjie, Asia, O'Hara, Violet. Who else? Um, Got Mick. Uh, Candy Muse was with us, and uh, oh, is she uh, gone. Uh, uh, yeah, she was here for a week, and now Rosé is back. And, okay. uh, uh, oh, Aquaria and Cameron Michaels. Work, work. I saw Cameron Michaels change his number to this cat number. It looks, it looks really cool. Wait, what, wait what, is your super, what is your superhero thing? Do you have, like, a, what is your power? Are you, are you, are you, are you super whole? Do you just get on the stage and your whole just sucks in the entire audience? What's your fucking power? Yes, but that's not a new act. <laughs> well, you, so there there were some planning meetings which were very confusing because everyone on the tour the theme is drive and drag saves twenty twenty one, so everyone right. has is their own super. But they're not they're like Cameron was doing like a She Hulk thing because she's yeah, muscular she and she was painting her whole body green and that was a bit much. So there's like a Catwoman. She does Catwoman now, but sometimes mm-hmm. they're like they're not they're they're like superheroes that they made up. Um, anyway, the theme yeah, is Vanjie's super tell- thought. Super thought, exactly, and uh, and Angie I was like, uh, "That's ironic because she doesn't because she never uses her brain. So how could she be super thought? She's got two voices, and she has kept me laughing. <laughs> uh, so on today's um, stereo calls, we're just asking you guys, what's the tea for Pride? And, you know, Pride Month is not coming upon us. Pride Month is here. We want to find out what y'all are doing, what y'all are not doing. Are you like, like, what are your plans? Like, what's the tea? And we already have four calls. So shall we, shall we get to them, Bunny? Well, well, well let's give a little background. So the idea of Pride has been changing. For a lot of people, it's a big march. I mean, for, it's a big parade with balloons and confetti yeah. and shirtless men and, you know, maybe shirtless uh, women, too. Uh, the dykes on bikes that start the New York parade with their the tits out. So um, there's always been this dialogue since, you know, Stonewall helped to start the gay rights movement. Should this be a march? Should it be a, a parade that's fun? Should it be a march that's calling for our rights? And... It is true that a lot of, I mean, this is a debate that's gone on for decades. And so now there's like an alternative to New York Pride called Reclaim Pride, which Mm -hmm. 
wants no corporations and no cops. And we spoke mm-hmm. last week on Ebony and I with Andy Hum, Adam an activist Hum, since 19... 19- Andy, Andy, um, who, who's been an activist since 1974 and was telling us about this upcoming Equality Act. You know what? I would like to think that I'm fairly connected to the gay community and its aims, but I haven't heard a lot about this in gay media with you know gay people who I follow on you know, I, I don't hear this is not the, the the issue that's selling you know magazines but it, it affects our equality with housing and it almost does make it seem like as a community we are all about scandals and all about performers and music and whatever but what are we still fighting for? Girl, that is the that is the big question. What are we still fighting for? So or are are we fighting? Is it enough for you? I think it's mm-hmm. wonderful for young people to go out and see as I did. I was young once. Yes, they did have the parade. And I was just bowled over because I got negative messages from church, you know, not my parents, luckily, but many kids do, schoolmates about how you're bad if you're gay. And right. that really does sink down, um, you know, uh, you said when we were talking about your new single, Love Like This, that that was a, 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 you know, something from the Caribbean that you're familiar with, homophobic attitudes in the music, etc. So it's just a question of, I mean, that was enough for me to see my people, lesbians, yeah. trans, you know, everyone together in like thousands. I didn't, I didn't know that they, and also sh- just showing their face in the light of day. And instead of saying, this is something that I'm ashamed of saying, this is something that I, I am proud of. I'm proud to be the way that I am. So maybe that's enough for some people. Maybe a party is enough. And maybe those people are pursuing, you know, policy, uh, things, you know, all the rest of the year and they need a break to celebrate. Or maybe we have become, maybe, maybe we're sleeping on our own rights. Yeah, for sure. I think that we should take our first call. Okay. When is this song, when's this song coming out? Like at the end of the little snippet you gave us, because I need to have it. (laughs) Oh, they're talking about the theme song. We will be doing that too. It's my fault. Bunny has done all the things. I'm just a fucking mess, but we're going to get it together, I swear. Well, Monet has her own song and upcoming album. It's called Love Like This. It's on YouTube, and I love it. So check it out. Yes, let's take another one. Hey, Bunny and Monet. I was wondering what your opinion is on all the Pride merch that's coming out. It is literally everywhere. You cannot go anywhere without Pride merch, which I think is pretty cool. There's so much representation, but also it's a little overwhelming, and some of the Pride merch is a little bit out there. So what's your opinion? Thank you. Oh, bitch, Target has a full-on... But Target has been doing this for a long time. They have, like, a full, like, pride section. There's, like, all, like, a big Target pride thing. And I think that my big concern with... Anytime I see this whole, a whole bunch of pride merch during pride season is virtue signaling. Like, are these people really here for the cause? Like, are they backing um, righty uh, po- politicians who have really nefarious and really, really horrible and damning uh, uh, th- that support anti-LGBTQ stuff or are they like or are they like really here for the cause so that's always my thing and there's no way to never undoubtedly know you know what I mean unless you like do like dig really deep and do a lot of research if these if these corporations and companies really support the community it's hard I don't know there's there's so much of it 
Did the caller say Pride March or Merch? She said Merch. She was saying Merch. Okay. Pride Merch. Well, um, yeah, look, I, um, uh, as someone who did not work for almost a year, um, I did a campaign. Before the virus. With, before the virus, bitch. Be very clear. Before the virus, you <laughs> did work for a year. <laughs> Why stop at one? No. Um, the, the, so I, I did a, uh, a campaign for UGG where I took pictures, got their new rainbow um, Uggs. Lil Nas is also promoting it, um, as is someone else who I don't remember. Now, did so are you I saying go? that you're the Lil Nas X of drag? Is, is, is that what you're that's saying? Right. You're the Lil Nas X of drag? Okay, got it. Yes, that's right. And I've often been known to hump on devil's poles. Um, so, <laughs> uh, the, so did I go and look to see the record of who UGG has donated to? No, I haven't. But someone who was aware of my past affiliation with people for the ethical treatment of animals posted on my page, see, you don't really care about animals. I'm oh. like, babe, these are fake fur. And there is a small group of people who is involved with PETA who says fake, even dignifying fake fur makes real fur look acceptable. I don't happen to agree what? with that. It's fake. No, that no, the, the hardcore animal rights people are hardcore. And I'm I, even though I have been associated with PETA, I'm not that hardcore. And I'm not even a vegetarian. Right. So, um, so at any rate, now but you are the, a vegetarian, correct? That's right. Now here's okay. where it gets tricky. Um, over the years, we've seen Red Bull and Sprint floats that the New York City Pride Parade puts at the beginning of the parade. Now that it's televised, well, guess what? They're big company sponsored. They've got the good sound system. They've got the straight go-go boys to attract attention to sell their Sprint, to sell their mm -hmm. Red Bull. And so, Pride is used not for just you know Pride, but for uh, you know, that's why I brought up Uggs. That is a marketing campaign in the Pride Month that I was, you know, a part of. And Monet, you and I both do, uh, you know, these things which are part of the commercialization of Pride. Yeah. The last year they had Pride in New York. Um, I went to Reclaim Pride, the non-corporate one. And then I had a gig later DJing for MTV and a DJ, a, a, a DJ gig before that for a travel company. So then, you know, in part, in full disclosure, that is part of our work. But, but here's what happens. These huge companies donate to both sides, left and right. Right being the side Republican that does not tend to support gay rights at all. So for example, mm -hmm. Burger King, um, did a, 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 a sandwich that was like a pride sandwich to, to, to not Chick-fil-A. Burger King did a new chicken sandwich. And um, then someone unearthed that Burger King has actually given to anti-gay causes. So if you are a nationwide company, chances are you have given to both sides because you yeah. want this regulation undone or something that's better for business. So I think we just have to look and, and, and say, do some investigation as to who these companies are and who do they 
give money for it. Like when when Delta. Well, I have. I, I will say I have. I'm. I'm just. I'm just really annoyed that companies like Taco Bell and Chick and 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 and, and Chipotle will pretend will virtue signal saying that they're for pride and they're for queer people. You're selling meals that have beans and cheese in them. Okay, you're anti queer. You're anti gay. If you are trying to market off of us for these. For the, with, with these meals that have beans and cheese, not during Pride okay. Month, no, ma'am. Okay, okay. Well, so are you suggesting that sloppy bottoms will result as a, <laughs> eating Taco Bell? Because uh, I I'm don't think that that's very shaming. sensitive yes, to sl- our many Latinx. I don't think <laughs> that our Latinx. I don't think that's really fair to them. And. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. Um, <laughs> I know you know somebody's gonna take that corn and be like, "Bunny hates, bunny hates Latin Latin people." Bunny hates Latin people. No, honey, if you check my asshole, you will find that I definitely do not uh, <laughs> hate, hate Latino people. But wait, so wait, another let, example. We, we, go ahead. Another is how far do you want to take this? Like yeah. every it's, uh, every penny that they've given. Um, yeah. Chick Fil A is obviously. We should take said, another call when you when you have a okay. chance. Okay. Okay. So we, we, we have we have a, wanna, a whole bunch of them. Okay, there was one. There was one um, banking company, credit card company, who changed Gay Street in twenty nineteen to Gay, Bi, Trans, Pansexual, yeah, yeah, and four, twelve others. So then it was unearthed that this same company does business with a anti-gay firm in Qatar, a Middle Eastern country with strong anti-gay policies. So. Do you want to track these multinational companies with every transaction or group that they've supported? Because I don't know if anyone, I mean, I think we should be more mindful of it, but I don't know who could pass that test. Let's take another call. Hey, what's up, Lady Bunny and Monet? This is Ocean Kelly. I just wanted to say to Monet specifically that your new single is iconic. I don't even know if you're going to hear this, (laughs) but I gagged and I loved the video. Wow, we're blown away. Oh, thank you, Ocean Kelly. Ocean Kelly is a great rapper from Atlanta. I mean, Bunny, like, like some really good shit. Honestly, Ocean Kelly and I should do a track together. Ocean Kelly is fucking dope. Thank you, babe. I appreciate that. Let's take another call. He's also, he's also, he's dope, but he's also must be deaf. I've heard the song. It's terrible. <laughs> let's take a call from, oh, let's take this one right here. The Las Vegas Pride isn't till October because it's so hot, we'll die. Um, so for <laughs> June, I have no idea what we're doing. Uh, oh, actually, no, I'm just kidding. I'm having, I'm having a little, uh, kiki at my place, my new apartment. Uh, and I'm very excited about it. Um, uh, now that everyone's vaccinated, um, I'm going to celebrate pride, um, for both this year and last. So, so if I'm not mistaken, you are going to use June Gay Pride Month and the vaccination status of your friends to completely whore out. I approve. Uh, <laughs> let's take this message from no, Connor. Yeah, but, but let me tell you, you know, that's oh. smart. They do that in Las Vegas because they wait. They do that in Houston too, and they wait until it's not so boiling. That's smart. Atlanta, Atlanta does too, bitch. I've been to Phoenix, Phoenix. Arizona is the hottest place I've ever been to in my life. I was, my skin was literally on fire. Like, even in the shade, there's no relief from the heat. It feels like hell on earth. 
Well, honey, I went there and they had a restaurant with outdoor seating and they had missed, no one was sitting there and they had misters spraying uh, the uh, out, empty outdoor table to cool it down. I said, you know what? You may call this <laughs> Phoenix. I call it uninhabitable. <laughs> Honestly, the girl, I said, who the hell want to live here? It's terrible. If you have to squirt water out into the air with nobody there, I'm like, wow, okay. Maybe that's a desert. I like dessert, not desert. <laughs> Let's take Connor M. I really want to be doing Pride stuff and going to Pride events, but ever since things have been starting to open up again, I've been really eager to try to reintegrate myself back into society. But... <laughs> I've been experiencing a lot of anxiety around that um, and I'm finding it really hard to overcome right now. And I haven't heard many people talk about that. So I wonder if you guys have any connection to that. Wow, Connor, that's a great message. Um, I don't like not I, I do have moments that I have anxiety about like meeting up with people again. Like socially, like I do feel sometimes a bit socially awkward because it has been a minute. But I'm also like a people person, and I have those reserve, like those those reservations, those reservations going in. But like a minute in, and I'm like back to my old self. Like I'm a big people person. I can literally talk to the wall and have like an interesting conversation. So I do get those feelings that you get going into it. But I feel like once you just do it, Connor, especially if you were someone who was social before, it's like riding a bike. You like nervous and you do it. And you're like, Oh, I could be here for hours drinking, smoking or not doing those things, whatever it is. So it's just the thought of, but it should be better once you do it. What do you think, Bunny? You, you, you've well, had these feelings. You said I, I have. And, and I, I know where Connor is because I just went on a tour, and I, I remarked to one of the dancers, see, like at the beginning of the stops, when we get to different cities and check in, I, we, we would wear, most of us would wear our masks, checking mm -hmm. in, because you, the signs on the hotel say, you know, you're in a shared space. And obviously an yeah. elevator is a closed space where there might be droplets of coronavirus or whatever. So I, I, I spoke to a dancer recently. I said, you know, at first we were all really good about it. Now we're just kind of like walking to the hotel because we're yeah. arriving, you know. But while I was in Philly, I met with my sister. She, like you, is having a hard time reintegrating because listen let's not downplay the trauma of covid yeah, yes it's ending yeah. yes i'm glad well we hope it's ending it's it's doing better let's not let's not uh you know uh, downplay the loss of life the loss of yeah. livelihood there are people who will be digging themselves out of this financially for years this is something that we've not seen anything like in our uh, you know well I mean only Lifetime. RuPaul remembers the 1918 pan Spanish flu so um, <laughs> you know no listen we are traumatized my sister is very much more traumatized she was one who left her groceries as suggested out in the hall for three days so that the germs would die. I live in New York City. The mice and the roaches would eat my groceries up before I got to them if I left them out for three days. But she also has only just begun taking exercise classes. But when I got vaccinated, I felt like I could get on a plane. And so far I've done it three times and I'm not contracted coronavirus. Even if I do get coronavirus now, According to the experts, I won't die and I won't uh, be hospitalized. I will get the equivalent oh, no. of a flu. So, you know, oh, that's and terrible. also, you want me to die? 
Oh, no, yeah. what you're saying is that I'll die of natural causes because I'm so old. <laughs> <laughs> Not from COVID. No, so listen, Connor, I know exactly where you are. My sister is there too. I went over to her house for dinner and she said that her husband and her daughter, who are very cautious, may wear their masks with me in the house. And, you know, I, I thought that's not dumb. That's being cautious. Yeah. You may have, um, as I have, a couple of high risk factors, high blood pressure, overweight, yeah. diabetes, and you don't sound older, but I'm older. This is who it can hurt worse. So your fears are not irrationally, uh, irrational. We're, we haven't experienced anything like this. Yeah. Let's let us let us talk I to did Uriah try. Pearson. He has some really interesting. Go ahead. I did try. I tried and got out there with this tour with other people sharing a touring bus, and I am so glad that I did. I feel so much better than before. All right, here we go. So speaking of pride, what do you guys think of the discourse surrounding like allowing kink at pride? Because. From my understanding, it's mostly people my age, I'm 21, who are very uncomfortable with the thought of um, people like having sex and being naked outside during Pride. And then from my understanding, the I don't want to say older group, but the older group are the ones who are like, it's not so much sex as it is just like leatherware and harnesses and things like that. And it also confuses me a little bit like, I too don't think a lot of cops should be at Pride, but in those special cases that you do have weird people having sex in the street and stuff with children there, that should be removed in my opinion. Also, sorry if I'm like a little out of breath, I just got done running. Okay, I have no, so many fine. thoughts about this. There, I have Me so too. many thoughts about this. First of all, anytime people are speaking about people fucking in the street and stuff they they're not even talking about fraud pride they're talking about Folsom or like these like outdoor street sex festivals that is a completely different thing when people are saying let kink at pride they mean things like let like sometimes people are into like dog leash play and sometimes you, you may see a guy like with like a harness on and he has like a puppy dog mask on and stuff like that they're talking about that they're not talking about people sucking dick and doing blowjobs and ringing people and fuck that isn't that that's not what they're speaking about and if, if those events do happen at Pride, they're normally like an 18 plus like event or something like that. Or they're like section off a thing for 18 or, or 18 or over. And again, I've been to a lot of Prides around the country and around the world. And I have literally never seen people fucking in the street in Pride. So that's not what people are talking about. Um, so that just, it, that drives me wild. That th those are literally the pictures that are swirling around on Twitter. People are like, this should not be at Pride. How, and, 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 and if you're okay with this, then you're part of the problem. I'm like, no, bitch, you don't even know what you're talking about so you think that the ones that are into extreme kink or nudity are not necessarily like or that they that the younger ones have a point no wait that i think that what that 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 like extreme nudity and sex acts well what is extreme nudity well, well, I mean, well, I mean, if you've got a pumped up penis the size of a watermelon and someone is lighting it on fire while someone else shoves a dildo up your ass, um, you know, uh, I, I mean, 
I, let me tell you a funny story about Folsom Street Festival, which is mm -hmm. about, you know, sluttishness, whorishness, kink, you mm -hmm. know, all of that, but leather, pigs, whatever. So, I mean, I am not a prude and I love, you know, sex and, you know, I don't tend to do it outdoors <laughs> as a youth I did. <laughs> until. Yeah. But we have to look at what is legal. So, um... I don't listen. I'm a drag queen. Conservative uh, um, elements in the gay community, and I don't know why the younger people are 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 feeling this way. But because they don't tend to be conservative, they tend to be more live and let live. But if they're, you know, we have to listen to them if they're saying that we don't feel comfortable with this at Pride. But conservative gays have always said they did not feel comfortable with me and drag queens at Pride. That And, mm -hmm. and I feel like drag and trans and, you know, we, we were the ones that started Pride. So you're never, ever, ever going to get rid of us. So, right. I mean, there are dykes on bikes who drive motorcycles traditionally in the New York Pride Parade with their boobs hanging out. You know, like, so is that going to make our drag Drag queens, or or um, uh, is that going to make dykes on bikes with their uh, tits out going to make some straight people uncomfortable? Well, how about religious people? You know, right. um, you, you know, it's like where where do we draw the line? But I mean, I wonder if it seems also, also so just, I, just I, to know, New York City, New York City, you are allowed like anyone can be topless. Like, bitch, if I if if I was a woman and I had breasts, if by New York State law, I can fucking get on the subway and go pick up my son from school fully topless. Like that is legal in New York City, right? Well, it was always legal for you because you don't have boobs. But um, <laughs> right, well, so, man, you're right for sure. I remember at so when you mentioned children. I am never going to have children. I do not want to be the one that decides who can and can't be at the Pride Parade. Now, you can look at the laws. Should Pride be an excuse to be buck naked? Um, well, uh, that's the way some people in our, our community want to express themselves, but that is not legal. I was thinking of, you know, so, so in fact, the Pride Parade could be shut down because of that. You know, if, if you continue to break laws at your event, I'm assuming they could shut you down. And I'm, I don't, not to be hypocritical, I did a drag festival called Wigstock and in the movie, which they filmed and put in theaters, uh, Wigstock the movie, there's a friend of mine who took his clothes off. He didn't tell me he was going to do that. He didn't care that I would not get the permit. Um, mm -hmm. And it turned out to be a beautiful uh, performance that was the highlight of the film. But it was taking a risk in shutting the whole thing down. Yeah. I mean, but there's also the sexual, the sexual liberation piece of this all, right? So, you know, for so many uh, 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 queer people and our sexuality has been demonized and it has been told it, when we we have we have been told that it is wrong, it is immoral, it's disgusting, it's nasty. So a lot of people take around pride time to be fully sexually free and like and like expressing that sexuality so there's also that piece of it it's like when you have been you know demonized for so long you you when you when it is time to let your freak flag freak flag fly you're like bitch fuck you i'm going to be me in all of my sexual power and That's i right. understand that part of it as well 
That, yeah, I do too. But it, but there are laws. So if you this want to, you know, be on a float with a, a horse fucking you, um, that is that's 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 if, if you if you feel that's your freak flag, you know, that's against the law. And and you know, so I mean, we 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 shouldn't. Sh- sh- I, I, we 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 have to do things that are within the law or these events are going to be shut down. I'm just sensitive about saying I would like I would never say do not wear leather, do not expose your skin or whatever. However, there if your dick is out, then there are laws against that and I actually have a kind of a funny story about being at Folsom Street for the first time. So uh-huh. They allowed in San Francisco. See, San Francisco has become very bougie and gentrified. It's one of the most expensive places to live. Yet it was Girl. the home of this gay mecca, you know, scene with kink and leather and you know all this. Um, so they they there, there were guys running around with nothing on, and you know, I mean, stuff that some straight people or even more conservative gay people like they don't want the drag queens could look at like nipple rings and pumped penises and you know pierced penises and 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 use that as a way to slam the entire gay community for permitting this and in the two years that i went the first year they could like they the second year they passed a law you went to fall some like just to go like just in your oh you performed no no no, i i performed there with raja and uh a a drag queen who has one of the best names suppository spelling from uh uh, like a play on tori spelling um well i thought it was cute and um and, and they had passed a law that said that, yeah, yeah, y'all can run around nude, but if these uh, leather guys with chaps only and no panties are going to ride the bus to the event, they have to put a newspaper down on the seat because nobody wants your, you know, your, your hepatitis or, 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 you know, amoebas or, you know, there's a lot of things that could be Honestly, up in there. And, and so, yes. I mean, I don't think that, I mean, while on one hand, I don't think that's too much to ask. You can still be nude, but put a newspaper down. Because other people use that seat. (laughs) Let's take, we have time for like one more, guys. One more. Oh my God. Bunny, I've missed the stereo calls. Why did you, why did you tell, why why did you insist that we not take them for all this time? This was very mean and nasty of you. Whose idea was it to not take them first? You, you. Oh, no, it was no. all you. <laughs> oh no, no, no. Okay, let's take another one. Uh, I just think it's funny too because so many like I don't know. I feel like we've worked very hard to like cancel the rhetoric that being gay is something like inherently sexual that it's like not sexuality but these people who like consider themselves like activists are doing the same thing that like the conservatives are doing and you see it all the time where like people are constantly like going back on their word and agreeing with like the other side of it like being casually kind of homophobic and not even realizing it what you know this was all the 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 message against kink was I believe started, or this dialogue was started up recently by a young uh, gay guy who did a TikTok video um, slamming this. Now, if you are gay, I'm not sure, but if you are gay, 
and you feel a kinship with your people that is more than sexual, then you may look at the kink in particular and say that that does that makes you want to turn away from a community that you're supposed to feel comfortable with. And yes, it is a conservative thing, which is why I say I'm curious as to why young people would do it. But if you're trying to find, you know, community and the, mm -hmm. the, the community is a place for your enlightenment. And it's this cerebral thing where you're appreciating the rights of disabled members of the community and advocating, advocating for them or trans, the trans community, you know, or, or whatever, and advocating for, then you may not want to see the parade boiled down to just this hedonistic display, but take it from someone of, of who's 58 um, there was a need to do that when we could not do that anywhere except mafia-run discotheques. There was a need to do that in the um, the open air and say, we are not ashamed of who we are. This is who we are. So, I mean, basically, there's a lot of people, a lot of different kinds of people in our community. It's... Our community is based on who we fuck or transgender identity. Yeah. There's going to be everyone from Republican to conservative to I just disagree with everybody because I'm in a bad mood to anarchist to, you know, whatever. You know what I mean? But, but I also think this also takes this. this the, a big part of all of this is that a lot of queer people, especially from. You know, when I was growing up, and I think now it, it is a little different, but for a lot of queer people, we come to our queerness and we arrive there through our sexuality, right? The first time I realized I was gay was when I was younger and I was attracted to a boy and I kissed him. I was like, that's how I was like, oh my God, I like, you know what I mean? Like it, it's not inherently sexual, but that is for a lot of us, that's where we have this awakening about our sexuality by the the root word through sex, and again, sex is 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 is, is, is identity. It's how you. It's it's how you. Uh, um uh, um, it's more than just the physical, the physicality of sex, but more. But there there are more components to it. But again, sexuality is a very big part of the puzzle, and um, that's why sexual liberation is a big part of a lot of queer people's expression. Yes, and I believe I saw the same guy's TikTok. Um, talking about how it turned him off that everyone is just boozing and dancing to shitty music. So um, it's it's like if you if your attraction to the community is not just a party and not just who you fuck, but also some enlightenment, some enhanced awareness, a sharing of spaces and stuff that's generally more cerebral than let's fuck, you know, and get extra mm -hmm. wasted because it's pride. Well, this also speaks to what we were saying earlier, because is it a march where we stress the issues or is it a parade where we celebrate and the drink and the drugs that does affect our community, the abuse of which does affect our community more, um, possibly because of low self-esteem, because we aren't always accepted. So on, I, I haven't watched a TikTok recently, but, you know, 
a few times I could see where he's coming from, but as a drag queen whose dress was frowned upon by conservative gays, I don't want to be the one telling kink people that they're not welcome. You know, I, I don't. I'm just. I mean, if I'm it, also if they're breaking you know laws. I'm gagged that you know what TikTok is, bitch. I am shook. I am shattered. I'm <laughs> gagged. Well, the de- the definition I know what kink is. The definition of kink is getting turned on by Monet Exchange. That is <laughs> raw, extreme kink. We have one final call from someone named Stephen Wolf. I was told that this um, is for you specifically. Hey, Bunny. Hey, Monet. Um, this question is more specifically for Lady Bunny. Um, I'm curious if you've seen the Nelson Sullivan videos posted on YouTube, just because they're um, recordings of all these vintage prides and you performing at them and RuPaul performing at them and things like that. And there's just like hours and hours of this really awesome footage of just the gay community in New York City and all that stuff in the 80s. Um, And I'm curious what your memories are of Nelson Sullivan in all those times. Thanks. Well, uh, Nelson Sullivan is is one of the people, the gay people profiled on a Netflix series. I do not know the name of it, but there are eight people, I think, profiled. And Nelson Sullivan was a video artist who I lived with in New York City, along with RuPaul, Larry Mm -hmm. T., who wrote Supermodel, Lahoma, another drag queen. Um, And we all lived together in the meatpacking industry. Um, And... Nelson documented absolutely everything. He came to every club night, the gay prides, as you suggest, to Wigstock. I mean, he has zillions of hours. So I have always been awful at documenting myself. So I'm very glad that this exists. And other people seem to really enjoy his footage in the movie Wig, which came out in 2018. 19 about when we brought Wigstock back and Neil Harris, Neil Patrick Harris performed a lot of drag race Queens and a lot of the original Wigstock stars and new, uh, local New York city Queens, not new, but new, newer, newer than the Joey Arias and lip sync and Justin Vivian. Paul. So who so, has, who has all this footage now? How did they get it? Um, the foot, uh, I believe that, uh, I, I know that one of the guy who represent, I believe he willed it to an Atlanta cable show host named Dick Richards. And so I'm going to tell you the truth. When I was, I have never been interested in appearing out of drag. And my roommate had a video camera in my home at all times. Uh-huh. So I, My rule with Nelson, who was my landlord, was you film anything you want when I'm in drag. Um, But off, uh, aside from that, I don't want to be filmed because, you see, this is around time when the real world was happening as the preamble to reality TV. Yeah, my God, the real world. You see, some people laugh at me because I say I don't get reality TV. I didn't get it in its opening phases. And, um, so, and so I did not always love the camera being around, but I'm glad all that stuff was documented. I'm glad people still enjoy it. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, when it pops up on Netflix, when it popped up in the HBO movie, but (laughs) 
you know, I, I was a little tired of the camera at the time, you know. Um, it. Now it's the only footage existing of me thin. <laughs> but, but, you know, Nelson was a sweetheart. Nelson actually died when we were all living there. Nelson's dog, Blackout, was the Wait, closest he died, thing. like, in the house with you guys? Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Um, That's so and, scary. Uh, not the only one who died in that house. And um, so Nelson was a friend. Nelson was a fellow Southerner. And uh, I respect what Nelson did immensely. I do not like to go backwards all the time because I like to focus on what I'm doing now. But one day I will sit and I will watch all of that because I know it does, you know, bring people joy. Obviously, RuPaul became a huge star and is in that footage in his, you know, infancy, which actually dates back to Atlanta. So Nelson was coming back and forth from Atlanta and, it, it, you know, he, he is very much a part of my history. I guess I just don't always dwell on my history, because there's nothing like an old bitch trying to say, oh, wasn't I great or wasn't I? Because in fact, I was so unfully formed as a performer. And you weren't and great. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I still, I still, that I didn't have any <laughs> idea what I was doing. So to me, while it's, you know, it's experimental, it's not, to me, it's not my finest moments, which would come later. So RuPaul became a huge star and Lady Bunny just became huge. And yeah, and she has the bad uh, luck to share a podcast with Monet Exchange. Um, our producers, I think it's though, Jay, is footage, footage, from, footage recorded by Sullivan was featured prominently in the 1980s episode of the six-part documentary series Pride on FX. Yeah, I haven't watched that yet. I heard it's good, though. And um, Sullivan's uh, videos have been ex ex exhibited, exhibited in film festivals across the U.S., Europe, Australia, and South America. Some people that y'all may know, and these are Suzanne Barsh are in these videos. Um, oh, God, Michael Alec, uh, Bunny, RuPaul. Uh, so many different people, like prominent nightlife people, uh, Larry T, Sylvia Miles, John Sex, uh, Michael Musso, so many of the legends, y'all. So check them out yeah, on YouTube and see some vintage bunny. I mean, Nelson was nothing if not diligent. That camera was out everywhere. And um, I did a trick with my voice. That dog, I'd say Nelson's dog, Blackout, um, who outlived him. I worshiped that dog and I could do a trick with my voice where I, we were sitting across from each other and that dog was sitting next to Nelson and I could make a shrill voice and uh -huh. lift my finger and the dog would bite his owner, Nelson. So I had a uh -huh. magical power over that uh, dog and Nelson was family to me. He was, you know, uh, uh, me. Listen, I would not be in New York if I couldn't. Well, I mean, that's not maybe true, but I wouldn't have. Uh, yeah, I, he let us all live there. We were just crazy, dr was you know, drugged out, drunk. No, it was actually a house that was part of Warhol's history. And um, wow. I mean, it was a crazy time. I hope he got footage of the downstairs neighbor who we called the troll, who would just come out and bang on, because we were up at all hours of the night. Honey, you know us. So it mm -hmm. was, you know, he, he documented a hell of a lot. Would you guys? Would you guys all have trade like running? Because how, how many of y'all was it? It was you, Rue, Nelson. How many people all together lived there? It was Rue, Nelson, Lahoma, Rue, Larry T, and me. Okay, five of y'all. So y'all would just all have trade, just running all in and out through there. And would y'all share well, trade? 
No. I mean, in Atlanta, I had actually lived with some of these people and I got an apartment on the ground floor in the back so that they couldn't clock my trade coming into the fr front door because, honey, there were multiples. And, you know, I just I, that's why I moved out because, honey, I needed to, to, to do my business alone. <laughs> did, did you and RuPaul have the same taste in dudes? Did, did, were, were they ever oh, a guy no. that fucked? No. Well, yes, we did. There was a, a trans uh, uh, hooker who uh, we both wanted her man. And we knew her Word. man from out in the clubs. And he was <laughs> dropped in gorgeous, like a, 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 like, you know, like a black guy. I don't know. I don't know. It's so rude to go with black guys. But um, he was dashing. Oh, my God. We loved him. Work, work, work. All right, Bunny, that was fun. You know what? Maybe we should do more things with just some stories and then the stereo calls. The stereo calls always lead to, lead to some pretty fun and uh, great conversation. That's because of the excellent audience that we've been able to attract by curating the most unique guests. No, we had one podcast where we didn't even have a guest and we just ran yeah. our mouths. Yeah, yeah, oh. which people like that sometimes too. So maybe we'll do a little more mixing it up here for you guys and Ebony and Irony. Yes, thanks for yeah. tuning in. Thank oh. you guys all for listening. Oh, and remember to check out Love Like This if oh. you're having trouble sleeping. It's oh. Monet's new single. It'll put you right. <laughs> 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 oh my god thank you guys and we'll see you next week bye bye Podcast Network.